This is Larry Bertrand welcoming you to another session of Explore the Bible series. We're in the book of John, lesson number six, scheduled for January 15th, 2023. Jesus is Lord over all creation and values all people. So as we look at John chapter 5, verses 5 through 16, key verse for today's lesson is verse 21 of chapter 5. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to those whom he is pleased to give, to give it. So in John chapter 5, verse 5 through 16, we're going to pay attention to the actions of the people that are involved in this story. We're going to consider what this reveals about the view of Jesus and other people. We're going to gain insight into the difference between legalism and obedience. We will reflect on how God calls us to obedience, an obedience that's rooted in love. And we'll recognize God's compassion as manifested in the person of Jesus and their own role and agents of, of compassion to the world. So let me ask the question, what is the difference between pity and compassion? between showing pity or expressing pity and expressing passion. I think as you think about that question, you'll realize that one is much more meaningful and positive than the other. That would be compassion. In today's session, we will see how Jesus showed both pity and compassion as he interacted with a disabled man. Think about how Jesus shows compassion to you and how he calls you to show compassion to those around you. As we look at the whole chapter of chapter five, uh, we'll consider why does God choose to heal some people and not others? We've asked that question many times, I'm sure you have. Only in his divine providence can we rest in the knowledge that he loves, that his love for everyone does not eliminate anyone from his care. In John chapter 5, the apostle highlighted Christ's compassion and his unconditional love. So on his way into Jerusalem, for an unspecified festival, Jesus found a large number of people gathered, as usual, around the pool of Bethsaida. It's located just inside the northeastern wall of the city. The pool offered respite for Jesus and other travelers coming through the Sheep Gate. Possibly the gate's name came from it being the place where the sheep were brought for sacrifice uh, or f 
for the marketplace. Bethsaida was one of several large water reservoirs for Jerusalem. The pool rested on two levels with porches or colonnades surrounding the four sides. Another wall divided the upper and lower levels. In addition to pilgrims who stopped uh, to wash and rest, many sick and injured people gathered on the porches. They believed that an angel occasionally stirred the waters and the first person into the pool would be healed. Among those needing help, Jesus focused on one lame man. After healing the man, Jesus told him to take his mat and take up his mat to go home. Uh, when inquiring Jew, when inquiring Jews, probably religious leaders, began to question about Sabbath violations, the man pointed them toward Jesus, uh, though they. They didn't know he was his identity at the time, or he didn't know his identity at the time. This set up uh, the first of many confrontations between Jesus and the leaders recorded in John's gospel. Jesus used the conflict as an opportunity to declare himself to be the Messiah, God's Son. In an extended discourse, Jesus described his relationship with the Father. He said, the Jewish leaders denounce his uh, work on the Sabbath, but Jesus worked just as the Father worked. He was immediately aware of the Father's desires and did only what he saw the Father doing. So as the Father had power to bestow life, the Son offered eternal life to all who believed in Him. Jesus prophesied of the coming day when people would hear and respond to the Son's voice and live. As Jesus continued to demonstrate His divine nature and power, He declared ways the Father had validated the Son. Evidence of His authority came from the Father. His works, such as this healing, was one evidence of His authority and power. His, his judgment, good judgment, was another evidence. And His power derived from uh, human sources, not from human sources, but from His Deity, His power came because He was God, the Son of God. So as we explore today's text, uh, I want to explain the, the location and significance of Bethsaida. So after returning from Babylonian captivity, people began to build large open-air pools that served as water reservoirs for the city's growing population. One of these was the Pool of Bethsaida, which was located 
north of the Temple Mount. Note the healing powers uh, many associated with, with, with the pool as we think about today's lesson. So this is one of seven signs that we'll see in the Gospel of John. Note that it is not, on, not only, this sign not only reveals his compassion, but also reveals again that he is God's son. He is the Messiah. So we look at the first section of Scripture in this lesson, John chapter 5, verses 5 through 9. I'm going to read just the first half, first uh, part of uh, verse 9. So one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him an interesting question. Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I I am trying to get in. Someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And then the first half of verse 9 says, At once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat, and he walked. So how would you characterize Jesus' attitude toward the disabled man. How would you describe the man's attitude toward Jesus? I mean, he he's kind of interested in the obvious question, do you want to be healed? Um, so the, the summary statement on page 64 of the personal study guide for this lesson says, Jesus is Lord over all creation and values all people. So let me emphasize the value Jesus sees in all people, not just the rich or influential. And I want to point out that he chose to go to the helpless and to the needy. There's some notes in the Bible, uh, NIV Bible study, study Bible that uh, helps us Consider some of these words in these verses. The word invalid in verse 5, John does not identify the illness, uh, but based on verse 7, the man is probably paralyzed or lame. Verse 6 says he learned or he knew, suggesting a supernatural knowledge. Jesus is, Jesus compassionately uh, initiates this healing. The person who is disabled didn't ask him to do it. He just explained what his circumstance was. I can't get in the water when it's stirred. Everyone beats me into the water. In verse 7, we see a, a charitable reading uh, sees the disabled person as aptly answering Jesus' question. <laughs> verse 6, but 
given how John darkly depicts the disabled person, uh, he avoids the accusation of the Jewish leaders. So by, by blaming Jesus, does not, Jesus does not even know his name in this situation and reports, the Jewish reports Jesus to the Jewish leaders, and this is likely the, the grumbling of an Im, imperative uh, man who thinks he is answering an obvious question. So in verses 8 and 9, Jesus commands the man to do what the man is unable to do. And his powerful word heals the man. So that word mat uh, normally uh, was made of straw. It would have been light enough to be rolled up and carried, easily carried on a healthy person's shoulders. So I want to emphasize how obedience to Jesus, this man obeyed Jesus, can show faith while disobedience points to a lack of faith. The man's faith in Jesus allowed him to do something he had never done, at least not for 38 years. Jesus healed the man because he was willing to literally take a step of faith. But in the middle of the most important moment of his life, the man faced some stiff opposition from a group that was more concerned with holding their own power than celebrating the power that changed this man's life. So legalism is exposed in the next verses we're looking at verse 9. The second part, the last sentence of verse 9, all the way to verse 13. As I read these verses, pay attention to what caught the Jewish leaders' attention in these verses. So the day, the last part of verse 9, the day which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Who told him to carry the mat? Jesus did. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up Pick it up and walk. The man who was healed had no idea who he was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Looking at the Bible knowledge commentary and some comments from the notes about these verses in verse 9 and 10, God's supernatural power was evident in the man's instantaneous cure. <laughs> it says he picked up his mat and walked. Uh, no time lapse. 
It didn't take a while. It happened instantly. Muscles long atrophied were completely restored. Have you ever seen someone try to walk who hadn't walked in? I mean, take a five-hour trip and get out of your car, and it's going to be hard to walk. But this man had not walked for 38 years, and immediately he stood up, picked up his mat, and walked. Isaiah prophesied that the day of the Messiah, in the day of the Messiah, the lame would leap like a deer. Jerusalem, that, that's found in Isaiah 35, verse 1 through 7. Jerusalem was a, a public sign that the Messiah had come. The Sabbath was a central issue in the conflict between Jesus and his opponents. Mosaic law required that work ceases or ceased on the seventh day. Additional laws, many additional laws added later by the Jewish religious uh, authorities would become very complicated and burdensome. I mean, you couldn't even move a chair across a dirt floor in your house because that would be considered plowing, build, digging up the, the soil. And how ridiculous those kinds of things were. But these human traditions of often obscured the divine intention in God's laws. The Sabbath was made for man so that he could have rest and have a time of worship and joy. The Jewish rigid tradition, and not the Old Testament, taught that if any anyone carried anything from a public place to a private place on the Sabbath intentionally, uh, he deserved death, <laughs> death by stoning. In this case, uh, the man was healed and was in danger of losing his life. How ridiculous. So in verse 11, we see that the healed man realized this difficulty and tried to evade any responsibility for violating tradition by saying he was just following orders. Verse 12 and 13, we see that the authorities were naturally interested in the identity of this fellow who told the invalid to take to, to violate their rules. But the man had no, no idea, no knowledge of Jesus. This seems to be a case in which healing was done in the absence of faith. It wasn't the man's faith that healed him. The, the invalid was chosen by Jesus. It was an act of grace because of this man's need. And also... It was God's way to display his glory uh, in Jesus. And so Jesus then had slipped away into the crowd. Uh, momentarily, he was unknown. The Jewish authorities uh, drew their power and authority from the law. That's how they 
ruled and dominated. So they wanted to make sure everyone kept the law so that as they defined it, no exceptions were allowed. And so in this case, they were so focused on their rules that they failed to recognize the miracle right there in front of them. They failed to show compassion and care for a man who had been crippled for 38 years and now was healed. So Jesus gets exposed in verses 14 through 16. Pay attention to the man's response to Jesus. Later, verse 14, Jesus found himself at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning and something or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. While Jesus called on the man to stop sinning, he did not connect all suffering to sin as many did in that culture. Note that by warning the man not to sin anymore, Jesus was primarily referring to eternal judgment. So Jesus originally showed compassion for the man's physical condition by healing him. Now he was addressing the man's spiritual situation by warning him to stop living in sin. In every situation we experience, Jesus meets us right where we are and touches our lives right where we need him most. So let me point out that this time he did not refer to, to Jesus as the one who told him to break the Sabbath, but he, but he called him his healer. Again, looking at the Bible Knowledge Commentary, verses 14 and 15, we see Jesus later found the healed man in the temple. Uh, this implied that Jesus sought him out. He was looking for him in order to speak to him. The, the ex-paralytic seemed to have no gratitude to Jesus, but his conduct uh, left him in a bad light. So Jesus' warning, stop sinning, uh, or something worse may happen to you, does not mean that his paralysis was caused by any specific sin. That's not what Jesus was implying. Though all sin and disease and death comes ultimately from sin, all of sin falls short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. So the warning was that his tragic life of 38 years as an invalid was no comparison 
to the doom of hell. Jesus is interested not merely in healing a person's body. Far more important is the healing of his soul, of your soul, my soul, from sin. So in verse 16, Jesus was doing the thing, these things on the Sabbath. So in addition to the, the case of the invalid's healing, we see other instances. Uh, John later recorded the cure of a blind man on the Sabbath in chapter 9. We see in Mark chapter 2, um, the grain picking uh, on the Sabbath and the, the criticism he received for his disciples picking grain on the Sabbath. And we see in Mark chapter 3, the, the healing of a shriveled hand and the curing of a woman who had been crippled for 18 years in Luke chapter 13. Also the healing of a man with leprosy in Luke chapter 14. All these took place on the Sabbath. As seen in these passages, Jesus, Jesus' theology or philosophy of the Sabbath differed from that of his opponents. His opponents in the controversy were progressively humiliated while the crowd favored him. So the opponent's response was to per persecute Jesus by opposing him or trying to kill him. We see that in John chapter 5 and chapter 7. So let me point out that this healing marks a shift in how John reported Jesus' signs. It explains that with this sign, his miracles become a point of contention with leaders and, and motivates them to persecute him and ultimately to desire to take his life. Wow, it's a great lesson. So some good application in these verses. The first one is believers are to offer compassion to all people. That's our responsibility, to show compassion to all people. Just as Jesus walked into Jerusalem and saw this lame man by the pool of Bethsaida. The second is believers can affirm Jesus working in the lives of all people. We can confirm that or affirm that. Believers, number three, uh, can celebrate the works of Jesus, rejoice in the good that Jesus does. So as we look to the end of this lesson, praise God for his compassion and ask him to guide you and your friends uh, to look for opportunities to show compassion to others, even this week. So Michael W. Smith has a wonderful song entitled Mighty to Save. And as I look at these words, consider the meaning as it applies to this lesson. Everyone needs compassion.
a love that's never failing. Let, let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, a kindness of Savior, the hope of nations. In the chorus, my Savior, he can move the mountains. My God, he is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me. All my fears and failures fill me, fill my life again and give my life. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. No surrender. Shine your light let the whole world see we're singing for the glory of the risen king jesus everyone needs compassion pray with me lord thank you for your love your care your compassion for us open our eyes to the world around us give us the opportunity to show compassion to be your love in this world. We ask this in Jesus' name.